In the summer of 2014, I gave birth to a baby boy. He was born with the perfect APGAR score and after a very after a very easy delivery. Now, she goes to the story. I can actually skip this part. <clears throat> where she has this nagging sense that something is wrong with the kid, even though all the doctors are telling him there's nothing wrong with the child. Mid his new house. But she keeps going, ah, something wrong, man. I know there's something wrong. It took my husband and me three years to understand that, in fact, I was right that day in the delivery room. Our son was hurt, and it will take him years to heal, longer than it should have. And that is on top of the injustices of the original wound. Though I thank God every day that we finally figured it out. And she talks about how, uh, well, how did they figure this out? And then what did they do about it? Well, here's what they did about it. Uh, after they did, made the discovery through a, uh, the work of a doctor named Norman Doidge, they had the opportunity to go to dinner with Dr. Doidge and his wife, Karen. So I'm going to pick up in the story, and this is what happened. Listen to this. <laughs> now, I'm reading this, and, I, and it doesn't shock me. It does not surprise me. But I can tell that Miss Newhouse, just by the way she writes, she's heartbroken. She's shocked by this. She believes that this new tech-driven, savvy world of ours is a good thing up until all this happens. She believes in all the Zuckerberg and Dorsey and Uboob and living at lightning speed nonsense. She thinks it's all perfect. It's all good. It's the way it's supposed to be. Then she has the epiphany. And when the light bulb goes off, she's Thanos snapped out of her spell. Talk about a woke moment. Listen to this. <clears throat> After we ordered, I told Dr. Deutsch, Norman, she calls him now, I had a question I'd been wanting to ask and that I wanted his honest answer to it. Even if it meant that I had done something wrong, I proceeded to relay to him the entire tale from the very beginning to that moment of what, it, of what, what, felt, what felt to me like our Kafkaesque medical mystery journey. How was it, I then asked, that it took my husband and me, both children of doctors, both people with reporting and researching backgrounds, among the lucky who have health insurance, with access through family and friends to what is billed as the best medical care in the country, three years to figure this out. And then in the end, we only did so basically by accident. Dr. Deutsch looked at us sympathetically and then said, quote, I don't know how else to tell you this, but bluntly, there were still many good individuals involved in medicine, but the American medical system is profoundly broken. When you look at the rate of medical error, it's now the third leading cause of death in the U.S. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Uh, the over-medication, creation of addiction, the quick-fix mentality, not funding the poor, Quotas to admit from ERs, needless operations, the monetization of illness versus health. Oh, that's a big one, ain't it? The, the uh, monetization of side effects. 
a peer, a peer review system run by journals, paid for by Big Pharma. The destruction of the health of doctors and nurses themselves by administrators who demand that they rush through 10-minute patient visits when so often an hour or more is required. And which means that in order to be successful, doctors must overlook complexity rather than search for it. Alana, the unique thing here isn't that you fell down so many rabbit holes. What's unique is that you found your way out at all. And I'm reading this and going like, this is my dinner with Andre. This is uh, Andre Gregory telling Wallace Shawn, and you know what I found out, Wally? <laughs> I don't know if Miss Newhouse has seen my dinner with Andre, but she ought to watch it because that's, that's what that's all about. Uh, so back to the essay. Alana Newhouse at the tablet. Uh, by Jason Whitlock had shared this out. He was blown away by it, too, and so am I. Uh, I had barely started processing this when Norman moved to change the subject. Now, can I ask you two something? How come so much of the journalism I read seems like garbage? Oh, God. David and I looked at each other simultaneously, realizing that the after-school special we thought we were in was actually a horror movie. If the medical in industry was comprehensively broken, as Norman said, and the media was irrevocably broken, as we knew it was, was everything in America broken? Was education broken? Housing? Farming? Cities? Was religion broken? Next paragraph. One line. Emphasis point. That's me saying this. Everything is broken. For those of you that don't speak, speak Lil Wheezy, everything is broken. By the by, Lil Wheezy was pardoned by uh, President Trump, if you didn't know. Uh, uh, continuing on now. Let's say you believe the above to be hyperbolic. You never fell through the cracks of the medical system. As far as you understand it, there are plenty of ways for a resourceful person to buy a home in America these days. You easily met a mate and got married and had as many children as you wanted at the age you wanted to have them. Your child had a terrific time at college where she experienced nothing at all oppressive or bizarre, got a first-class education that you could easily afford and which landed her a great job after graduation. You actually like the fact that you haven't encountered one book or movie or piece of art that's haunted you for months after. You enjoy druggily floating through one millennial pink space after another. It gives you pleasure to interact only with people who agree with you politically. And you feel filled with meaning and purpose after a day spent sending each other hysteria-inducing links. Maybe you've heard that some kids are cosplaying communism. But that's only because everyone is radical when they're young, and Trump voters are just a bunch of racist troglodytes pining away for the past. And it's, not, and it's not at all that neither group can see their way to a future that looks remotely hopeful. If this is you, congratulations. There's no need to reach out and tell me any of this, because all you will be doing is revealing how insulated you are from the world inhabited by nearly everyone that I 
No. Mike Church Show here on the Crusade Channel. Always on air, always online at crusadechannel.com. I have to promote Founders Pass membership and contributions because we want the Crusade Channel to be around. We might even need to shore up our backups in case someone attempts to deplatform us. So please, join the Crusade. Great, best thing you can do today. Tell a friend to join us. Crusadechannel.com forward slash go. You can even take 30 days for free if you're not convinced you should be an immediate Founders Pass member. If on, and then now back to uh, Atlanta Newhouse. If, on the other hand, the idea of mass brokenness seems excruciatingly correct and also paralyzing, come sit with me. <laughs> Being on a ship nearly 4 million square miles in area, along with 330 million other people, and realizing the hull is pockmarked with holes is terrifying. But being afraid to face this reality won't make it less true. And this is the reality. For seven decades, the country's intellectual and cultural life was produced and protected by a set of institutions. Now, now folks, maybe you've heard all of this before. You've never heard it put together in a way like this. And maybe Miss Newhouse just... Hmm, just poked me in the right place as she poked Jason Whitlock in the right place because Whitlock went, all right, everybody's got to read this essay. As a matter of fact, you, as a matter of fact you, you might need to read it twice. Now, we're dealing in the secular here. We're not dealing in the spiritual. We'll do that next hour. We're dealing in the secular, the real, practical, corporeal word that you could touch, see, et cetera, et cetera. Or, or is it the real, corporeal world? Hmm? This is me speaking now. Is the corporeal world made up now in substanti substanti substantial parts that aren't real at all? My dear friend and colleague Richard Baird is fond of saying, I quote him on this all the time, Twitter, Twitter is not reality. It's not. It's a digital exchange of mumbo-jumbo. It's not reality. It may show things in reality, but it's not reality. It's reality. This virtual existence they want us to live in, that's not reality. It's an escape from reality. That's what she's tapped into here. And there's evil behind it. Continuing on now. <clears throat> For seven decades, the, the country's intellectual and cultural life was produced and protected by a set of institutions. Universities, newspapers, magazines, record companies, professional associations. Don't have any of those anymore, by the way. Cultural venues, publishing houses, Hollywood studios, think tanks, etc., etc. Remind me, Mitchell O'Connell, to come back to professional associations because... I'm even going to put a note because I proposed one four years ago and was laughed out of the room. Um, Hollywood studio, publishing houses, Hollywood studios, think tanks, etc., etc. Collectively, these institutions reflected a diversity of experiences and then stamped them all as Moroccan, conjuring coherence out of the chaos of a big and unwieldy country. There wasn't a set of factories pumping out identical widgets, but rather a broad and messy jazz band of disparate elements that together produced something legible, clear, and at times even beautiful when each did their part. But beginning in the 1970s, 
the economic ground underneath this landscape began to come apart. Michael Lind explains this better than anyone else. Quote, the strategy of American business encouraged by neoliberal Democrats and libertarian conservative Republicans alike has been to lower labor costs in the United States, not by substituting labor-saving technology for workers, but by schemes of labor arbitrage, offshoring jobs when possible to poorly paid workers in other countries, and substituting unskilled immigrants willing to work for low wages in some sectors, like meatpacking and construction and farm labor. American business has also driven down wages by smashing unions in the private sector, which, which now have fewer members, a little more than 6% of the private sector workforce, than they did under Herbert Hoover. Close quote. This was the tender, uh, Alana writes. The tech revolution was the match, one-upping the 70s economy by demanding more efficiency and more speed and more boundarylessness and demanding it anywhere. They introduced not only a host of inhuman wage-suppressing tactics, like replacing full-time employees with benefits with gig workers, with lower wages and no benefits, but also a whole new aesthetic that has come to dominate every aspect of our lives, a set of principles that collectively might be thought of as flatness. Now, if you're following along and you're interested in this, all right, King Dude, I'm interested. Remember that word, flatness, because it comes up in the rest of the essay. Flatness is the reason the three jobs with the... Now, now listen to this. If you want to be blown away, this is what I believe President Trump is trying to reverse. And God love him for it. Many of us are trying to reverse it. We don't make anything. We are a productionless sloth of wasted human potential. But you were born into that. You went along with it. But you don't have to go along with it anymore. You want a way out? <clears throat> you want me to give you solutions? You're not going to like them, but I'll give them to you. Now, Alana Newhouse... I must say, this is, she runs a, and I don't know her, this is a Jewish-centered blog that she runs, The Tablet. So she's, a, uh, she's of Jewish faith, okay? She and I don't share much, spiritually or religiously speaking, although I do think that we do. Um, this is an example of someone, she's right, but I should go like, yeah, but she's a lefty. She's a lib. She's a Democrat. She lives in New York. She's bad. But she's right. Why can't I just say she's right? Why do I have to give her a description? Because she's going to come back and she's going to... I don't think she is, but this is a great example of... You can actually be someone that... Well, I'm from the right side of the political spectrum. I'm from the left. But we're buddies. We have vainglorious debates on these things. I try to convert him to the faith. He tries to tell me that I that the faith isn't real or whatever. As long as you remain in the game. You know, I was thinking about this today. People are going to come out and demonize me and the Crusade Channel and others like us. Why are you making common cause with the enemy? Protestants. 
I have three words for you. Four. St. Francis de Sales. End of discussion. Go read the book and shut up. I actually had someone had the audacity to ask me yesterday on Twitter if I still believed. And then followed it up with a question. Yes or no? Extra ecclesia nula salus. I should have wrote what I really thought, which would be you, but I didn't. Instead, I just ignored it. I'm not answering you. Who in the hell do you think you are? That's what we're dealing with here, people, folks, on this social media. People can say things or think that they, or they can communicate. They don't say them. They communicate them to. They would never say that to your face. One out of a million of them would actually go like, hey, I got a question for you. But now, 100,000 out of a million will do the exact same thing. It's a cancer. All right, continuing to Atlanta Newhouse now. So that was all my commentary, so you could separate the two. Let's talk about the flatness that she talks about in this essay at the tablet, which Maggie put the link in the chat room. Flatness is the reason the three, and it's in today's pile of prep. Flatness is the reason, now listen to this. Flatness is the reason the three yobs with the most projected growth in your country all earn less than, drum roll please, drum roll, $27,000 per year. And it is also the reason that all the secondary institutions that once gave structure and meaning to hundreds of millions of American lives, jobs and unions, but also local newspapers, churches, rotary clubs, main streets, have been decimated. And flatness is the mechanism by which over the past decade, remember I started this brilliantly, I think, with Angelo Cotavilla in 2010, now we bring Cotavilla's elite ruling class forward to 2020 with Miss Newhouse here, and she gives us an update on Cotavilla's ruling class, and it's not a pretty one. Flatness is the mechanism by, by which over the past decade and with increasing velocity over the last three years, a single ideologically driven cohort captured the entire interlocking infrastructure of American cultural and intellectual life. It is how the long march went from a punchline to reality. As one institution after another fell, and then entire sectors like journalism succumbed to control by narrow bands of sneering elitists who arrogated to themselves the license to judge and control the lives of their perceived inferiors. Flatness broke everything. The gentleman would like to hear why right I asked there, the question. And we'll pick it up. I'm at the top sitting of right next behind hour. Mike Churchill here on the Crusade Channel, always on air and always online at CrusadeChannel.com. So when I asked that question, I thought the meaning of my interrogation was obvious. The fate of this question and of America may depend on this. Have they said we the states? Have they made a proposal of a compact between states? If they had, this would be a confederation. It is otherwise most clearly a consolidated government. Here is a resolution that is as radical as that which separated us from Great Britain. It is radical in this transition. Our rights and privileges are endangered and the sovereignty of the states will be relinquished 
And cannot we plainly see that this is actually the case? The rights of conscience, trial by jury, liberty of the press, all your immunities and franchises, all pretensions to human rights and privileges are rendered insecure, if not lost, by this change, so loudly talked by some and so inconsiderately by others. Is this tame relinquishment of rights worthy of free men? Is it worthy of that manly fortitude that ought to characterize Republicans? It is said eight states have adopted this plan. I declare that if 12 states and a half had adopted it, I would with manly firmness and in spite of an erring world reject it. You are not to inquire how your trade may be increased, nor how you are to become a great and powerful people, but how your liberties can be secured. For liberty ought to be the direct end of your government. Guard with jealous attention the public liberty. Suspect everyone who approaches that jewel. The Confederation, this same despised government, merits, in my opinion, the highest praise. Why? It carried us through a long and dangerous war. It rendered us victorious in that bloody conflict with a powerful nation. It has secured us a territory greater than any European monarch possesses. And shall a government which has been thus strong and vigorous be accused of imbecility and abandoned for want of energy? Consider what you are about to do before you part with the government. When American spirit was in its youth, the language of America was different. Liberty, sir, was then the primary object. We are descended from a people whose government was founded on liberty. Our glorious forefathers of Great Britain made liberty the foundation of everything. That country has become a great, strong, splendid nation. Not because their government is strong and energetic, but, sir, because liberty is its direct end and foundation. We draw the spirit of liberty from our British ancestors. By that spirit, we have triumphed over every difficulty. But now, sir, the American spirit assisted by the ropes and chains of consolidation, is about to convert this country into a powerful and mighty empire. If you make the citizens of this country agree to become the subjects of one great consolidated empire of America, your government will not have sufficient energy to keep them together. Such a government is incompatible with the genius of republicanism. Henry trains his fire on Madison. The Mike Church Show is going to miss Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, but not the cream of wheat guy. Why? Because the king dudes a self-respect and southerner who makes and eats his own grits. Or is that grit? voice of Patrick Henry from my film, 2009 film that you all ought to go and get and watch now. 
Spirit of 76, available in the Founders Trading Post, MikeChurch.com forward slash shop. Don't forget, it's Big Brother. The Cinema Ready smash hit 2011, The Road to Independence, the movie. Both available at MikeChurch.com forward slash shop. Final segment of the day of the Mike Church Show on the Crusade Channel, the last live radio station standing. We are undope, radio free America. How do you like that? Undope. <laughs> Thanks, Brother Andre. Uh, Mitters O'Connell, uh, Mitter Colonel at Bulldog Kia, our primary and title sponsor of all of the Mike Church Show video presentations. You see those wonderful Bulldog Kia commercials. Mitter Colonel, and look, shop where we shop for our cars at Bulldog Kia, bulldogkia.com. Uh, they will deliver. Now, tell everybody how you got your car. Yes. What an awesome experience. And what he wants to know is Maggie O'Connell happy with her Celtos. I am 100% satisfied. I said I said in all caps, ecstatic. Yes, I am. I couldn't be happier. Ecstatic. Uh, car was delivered to your driveway? Absolutely. Delivered in my driveway. He handed over the keys to me and he goes, Mrs. Church, here is your brand new 2021 Kia Celtos. And he drove away the Sportage? Took the sportage away, yep. And you had to sign a couple of papers? Sign a couple of papers, and that was it. And they took care of all the uh, the paperwork, finance, yep. and license, all that yep. stuff? They said they'd follow all the paperwork, and they'd let me know whenever they sent all the title and whatever to our title company here. But some of you people keep going to your local yokel Kia dealer to go buy a Kia car. They see it all the time. Look at my new Kia. I'm like, uh, did you get to have a bulldog? I don't hear from them for a year. No text message, no email, no calls, no uh, blanket on call, blanket on write, nothing. Now, some people are trying to go like, well, King Dude, you say best deal on a newer used Kia in North America. My guy here gave me a better rate. Negotiate. If, if that happens, you call you call me, and I will put you in touch with the kingpin himself, Mitter Kernall. He is not going to lose a sale. We actually had a listener that called and told me just that, said our local Kia dealership gave us a little bit better of an offer, so we went with them. And I said, did you call Mr. Kernall and tell him? Oh, no, we didn't. Well, he has recently, and Kernall said, I will absolutely beat that price for you. Yeah, they're not going to lose a sale. They're going to give you a great deal anyway um, and deliver the vehicle to your driver. Way. Remember that little circle of friends thing, that community. Do business with those that do business with others. Now, some of you, yeah, but I say you had a seat for $75. Well, you know what? When you go down to Farmer Brown down the street to go buy a dozen organically grown care farm eggs, like we get from our friend the Cares, if I got to buy them, they charge me $354 bucks a dozen. I can go down the street. And I can get eggs for 89 cents from the mass-produced Tyson Farms chickens. Who am I going to support? My local guy? Yeah, but it's too expensive. Well, hey, man, you're either going to do it or you're not. I'm going to get back to the essay that I was reading previously. If you missed last hour, all I can tell you is you missed it. If you missed the first hour, boy, did you miss it. And if you're going like, I just listened to watch it on the Roku channel. I don't have any of that. Well, you need to become a Founders Pass member there today, toots.
You need to suck it up and find 10 bucks from your digital spending and plunk it down at crusadechannel.com forward slash go. Or just do the premium service. Just do it. Become a founding brother today. And if you're a basic Founders Pass member, lead by example and become a founding brother or father or crusader today. Upgrade your account and you unlock the Crusade Channel content app. It's worth the price of admission. CrusadeChannel.com forward slash go for the free 30 days. Or just CrusadeChannel.com to listen. And then you can find all the membership deals uh, right there on the site. I hope you will join. And don't forget contributions. We got two in the last segment. Uh, Thank you for those. Those will keep us on air for about a minute and a half. When the lights go out. I'm not joshing. Thank you. Every little bit counts, but you know, we need you got 20 like that. So in the chat room, crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. The only social media we're socializing in, uh, you will find the button, bottom right hand corner, dollar symbol with a gray circle around it. Tap that, make a contribution. Okay. Back to the FA. By the by, we we're up to 124 chatters last segment uh, before the uh, uh before the news and uh uh, sponsor timeout. Hop back on in because you're going to want to discuss what we are discussing here. So let me get back to this <clears throat> essay, Everything is Broken by Atlanta Newhouse. So I had just read the, 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 the description of flatness, of, of how this diabolical cabal has flattened everything, and that includes opportunity. And we're going to move on from there. The reigning aesthetic of the 20th century was modernism, which articulated one word in one word the values of the Industrial Revolution. Modernism and the machine age brought with them their own features. Anti-classicism. That wasn't good. Anti-Victorianism. That certainly wasn't good. The power of science. She blinded me with science. The absence of filigree, an emphasis on the future over the past. No, and, uh, again, I, I offer some commentary on the way. Notice how everything is, and in the future, you're going to be able to. What about the knight that rescued the damsel who was going to get eaten by a dragon in the past? We don't care about him. There's, a, there's just a guy in a game now. In the future, it's going to be a guy in a game. Maybe as a knight. They want the future to trump and completely destroy the past. Why? Well, in a word, Christendom. Matter what religion you are, doesn't matter. Get rid of it. Why? Because it was good. Because it was God's intention for man. Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Neither is life. An emphasis on the, on the future over the past and the valorization of machine production and engineering as the highest forms of human creativity. This new aesthetic soon began to transform all parts of cultural and material existence from visual art and poetry to fashion and the built environment. Starting in the second decade of the 1900s, Certain communists began seeing in 
seen in modernism a potential advertisement for the values of a mass society of industrial workers laboring under the direction of a small group of engineers. In other words, this aesthetic, which whole swaths of the Western world were already in the process of quickly adopting, could also be the perfect delivery mechanism for their political ideology. One hundred years later, we find ourselves in the middle of a similar cultural and political struggle. Today's revolution has been defined by a set of very specific values. Boundaryless, boundarylessness, speed, universal accessibility. Oh, does that, is all this ringing a bell? You're all going like, wow, yeah, 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 exactly. An allergy to hierarchy. Oh boy, is that true. So much so that the weighting or preferring of some voices or products over others is seen as illegitimate. Seeing one's own words and face reflected back as part of a larger current, a commitment to gratification at the push of a button, equality of access to commodified experiences at the right as the right of every human being on earth. Did you, did you get that? Equality of access to commodified experiences as the right of every human being on earth. In other words, every child has a right to have an iPad in a classroom. Every child has a right to grow up without killing grandma by the COVID. They sewed this in to culture, folks. The idea that all choices can and should be made instantaneously and that the choices made by the majority in a given moment on a given platform represent a larger democratic choice, which is therefore both true and good until the next moment on the next platform. So Zuckerberg pronounces something is verboten, it's bad and evil. Its opposite is good and true. Little boys can become little girls, you see. Here's a description of the aesthetics of Silicon Valley. Emphasis added. Listen to this. Quote, it's the realm of coffee shops, bars, startup offices, and co-live workspaces that share the same hallmarks everywhere you go. A profusion of symbols of comfort and quality, at least to a certain connoisseurial mindset. Minimalist furniture, craft beer, and avocado toast. Reclaimed wood, industrial lighting, cortados, fast internet. The homogeneity of these spaces means that traveling between them is frictionless. A value that Silicon Valley, a value that Silicon Valley prizes and cultural influencers take advantage of. Changing places can be as painless as reloading a website. You might not even realize you're not where you started. <laughs> Are you kidding me? She even repeats that last line. Alana Newhouse, you might not even realize you're not where you started. Franchising. Why want to go to a franchise restaurant? Why? Because I know what to expect. Do you know someone that says that? Because I know what to expect. 
Yeah, but the local guy down the street makes his own hamburgers by hand. Yeah, yeah, but and, and, and sometimes he don't cook them. They're not perfect. Okay, it's handmade. Is everything you cook at home perfect? This idea here that you need to serve me. Trust me, Maggie O'Connell and I have been in a retail business for together now for 17, 18 years. Eternity. An eternity. <clears throat> We've been yelled at, screamed at, cursed out, threatened. Customer's always right, you jerks. Uh, not when the customer's wrong, they're not right. Well, I'm going to take my, I'm going to cancel my, mem- well, you're just going to have to do that then because we're not wrong and I'm not going to say that I'm wrong to mollify you. I'm only using me as, as an example because I'm here and I can vouch for that particular case. We even have friends. We've lost friends. Your service sucks. If it wasn't so bad, maybe I'd talk to you now. Maybe I'd give you some more business. Really, dude? That's the measuring stick now? Not baby. I want to go back to the start of the show. Would you put the picture of baby Lily back in there? Is that really how we're all judged now? I was telling David Simpson yesterday after the, uh, and I'm going to come back to Alana. Hold on. After the state of the crusade and the state of the crusade channel, the, the, the grown-up Lily. Um, we're talking about having this crusader conference. And then, you know, the first thing that comes up is, well, how many people are you going to get? I'm like, that is the modernist, uh, uh, don't take this the wrong way, Protestant work ethic of thinking about everything cannot be reduced down to the accident of a number. <laughs> Stop doing it. Every time you re- reduce it down to the, and believe me, I am guilty of it. I bet, don't want to be a hypocrite. Guilty as charged, working on it. You can't reduce everything down that's good in your life to a, Act to the accident of a number. Well, if three's more than two, and it's better. Why do you know three's better than two? I've got three filet mignons. Well, you can only eat one. Yeah, but I got three. Because I can afford it. But you can only eat one. But you mean... Three, three 16-year-old <laughs> daughters. Definitely two is better. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Joke. That was a joke. You guys ought to have packed the chat room and be talking about this instead of about what fiat currency is. Crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Like I said, I can propose solutions. No one listens. Fewer care. Almost, almost, the, 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 the number of people that actually will do it. Zero. Point zero. What are you going to do? Picture of baby Lily. Miracle. Good morning, Crusaders. Four years ago, that was not, that, that life was in question. That's a miracle. That matters more than your second and third filet. Chickens in the backyard are a start. <laughs> Believe me, I'm married to someone who goes, we got to leave this house so I can have a chicken coop. I'm like, dude, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with, maybe we should just defy the town and the homeowners association to go, what are you going to do? Come get my chickens. They'll put a notice on our, on our front lawn. You must surrender. You, we order you to surrender the chicken. And then I'll pull a Gerard, a Gerard Baker and go from 300 and go, come and 
get them. <laughs> and they'll send a SWAT team in, and they will. Uh, you might, back to Alana, you know, a new house at the tablet. Everything is broken, is the title of the essay. You might not even realize you're not where you started. The machines trained us to accept. Now, this is where she just, she is so spot on here. Please, stop inane chatting for just a minute and listen to this. Or go and read it for yourself. This is an absolute spot on, perfect description of everything you think, again, in the secular world, that's wrong with the world. Changing places can be as painless as reloading a website. You might not even realize you're not where you started, said Michael Linden, Atlanta Newhouse. You might not even realize you're not where you started. The machines trained us to accept, even chase this high. Once we accepted it, we turned from willful individuals into parts of a mass that could move or be moved anywhere. Once people accepted the idea of an app, you could get them to pay for dozens of them, if not more. You could get people to send thousands of dollars to strangers in other countries to stay in homes they'd never seen in cities they'd never visited. You could train them to order in food, most of their food, even all of their food from restaurants they had never been to based on recommendations from people they had never met. You could get them to understand their social world, not as consisting of people whose families and faces one knew, which was literally the definition of social life for hundreds of thousands of years. Okay, uh, 7,000 years, uh, Alana, but I'll let you slide on that. But rather as composed of people who belong to categories, also followed by right? Friends in common. I don't know what this one is, Maggie. You're going to have to explain this one to me. All caps, B-I-P-O-C, BIPOC. Never even heard that. That didn't even exist 15 years ago. You could create a culture in which it was normal to have sex with someone whose two-dimensional picture you saw on a phone that means, once. That means black, indigenous, and people of color. Ah, uh, <clears throat> You could seemingly overnight transform people's views about anything, even everything. The Obama administration could swiftly overturn the decision-making space in which Capitol Hill staff and newspaper reporters function so that Iran, a country that had killed thousands of Americans and consistently announces itself to be America's greatest enemy, is now to be seen as inherently as trustworthy and desirable an ally as France or Germany. Flatness, frictionless, frictionless, frictionlessness, she repeats. In other words, everything is flat. No, no, they're not in it. No, they love us. Even the, look, look what the Biden regime has done on the first day. Let's tear down the trade barriers that Trump put up. China and the Chicoms and the CCP, they're our buddies. Flatness. The biological difference between the sexes, which had been a foundational assumption of medicine as well as of the feminist movement, was almost instantaneously replaced not only by the idea 
that there were that there are numerous genders, but that reference in medicine, law, or popular culture to the existence of a gender binary is actually bigoted and abusive. Flatness. See where she's going with this? Facebook's longtime motto was famously, move fast and break poop. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. We have a word for the S word now. I'm sorry. Move fast and break pence. Which is exactly what Silicon Valley enabled others to do. The internet tycoons used the ideology of flatness to hoover up the value from local businesses, national retailers, the whole newspaper industry, etc., and no one seemed to care. This heist by which a small group of people using the wiring of flatness could transfer to themselves enormous assets without any political, legal, or social pushback enabled progressive activists and their oligarch funders to pull off a heist of their own using the same wiring. They seized on the fact that the entire world was already adapting to a life of practical flatness but which has historically meant uh, practical flatness, what they call social justice, but which has historically meant the transfer of enormous amounts of power and wealth to a select few. Why do they truck in social justice? Because it pays. Now, you got, now, just me commenting again, you can only leave so many destroyed people in your wake before the people that remain go like, I know somebody that you destroyed with this, and I, yeah, I'm not going to sign up for that. I don't want you. You're not going to do that to me. It's too late. You're already beyond that. Even if you don't sign up for, even if you leave it, they'll come after you. It doesn't matter. What's the way out? Do the opposite of what they do. Do. The opposite of what they do. Okay. Uh, Elena Newhouse, or Alana, or however she says it. It's probably Elena. Uh, because this cohort insists on sameness and purity, they have turned the once independent parts of the American cultural complex into a mutually validating pipeline for conformists with approved viewpoints who then credential, promote, and marry each other. Well, convenient. A young Ivy League student gets A's by parroting intersectional gospel, which in turn means that he is recommended by his professors for an entry-level job at a Washington think tank or a publication that is also devoted to these ideas. By the by, this is her throwback to Angelo Cotavillas, the, ru the, uh, the, uh, the ruling class, and uh, just updated t 10 years after the fact. His ability to widely promote those viewprints, those viewpoints on social media is likely to attract the approval of his next possible boss or the reader of his graduate school application of future mates. His success in clearing those bars will in turn open future opportunities for love and employment. Doing the opposite, though, has an inverse effect, <clears throat> which is nearly impossible to avoid given how tightly this system is now woven. 
a person who is determined to forego such worldly enticements because they are especially smart or rich or stubborn will see only examples of even more talented and accomplished people who have seen their careers crushed and reputations destroyed for daring to stick a toe over the ever-multiplying maze of red lines. So instead of reflecting the diversity of a large country, these institutions have now been repurposed as instruments to instill and enforce the narrow and rigid agenda of one cohort of people, forbidding exploration or deviation, a regime that has ironically left homeless many, if not most, of the, of the country's best thinkers and creators. Anyone actually concerned with solving deep-rooted social and economic problems, or God forbid, with creating something unique or beautiful, a process that is inevitably messy and often involves exploring heresies and making some mistakes, will hit a wall. If they are young and remotely ambitious, they will simply snuff out that part of themselves early on, strangling the voice that they know will get them in trouble before they've ever, ever had the chance to really hear it sing. Folks, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. That is just, and that, that if I had thought that, I'd pat myself on the back and go, like, hey, man, did I come up with that? That's awesome. That is a spot-on, perfect description of what is happening right now. Cleanse the thought. No, 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 no. You're not allowed to do that. No, no. Uh, you're a domestic terrorist now. I wasn't in Mordor on January 6th. It doesn't matter. You thought about it. You wrote about it. You tweeted about it. We saw it. Flatten it out. Oh, you're not in with the other media? Why don't you work for OMSNBC? Because I don't like them. Well, uh, you're not in on any of the big platforms? No. And you think you can do it on your own little plan? Yeah, we're not going to allow, allow this. Someone might hear you and think that they could do it. I am a danger. This radio station is a dangerous thing. Anyone that would dare to do what we're doing is flirting with disaster. And I firmly believe to this nanosecond right now, the only reason we're still the last live radio station standing it's because of the intercession of our patroness and queen, Our Lady of Walsingham, and child Jesus. You don't, many of you go like, come on, Mike, that's idol worship. That's, no, it's not. Every day, there's not a day that goes by when we come in here that we don't thank her and ask her for her intercession. And of course, St. Joseph and our other patron, uh, St. Pius X. Who knows how long that protection can protect us. What we're doing here is exactly what she described has been made illegal. As I said, when I interviewed David Thomas Roberts in the book, Unemployable, what's that? He's unemployable. He can't go anywhere. Not that he would, but he can't. Somebody told me, why don't you get out of this stupid crusade and go right for one of the network? You could. You're as good as anyone on there. Not last 30 seconds, bro. <laughs> Two, one, one broadcast, half hour in, he gong. You are not allowed to be a Bob. If, if those of you that have been listening to Rush Limbaugh for 20, uh, 25, 30 years, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're not allowed to be Bob Grant anymore. It's illegal. You can't. 
And if you are, you're only allowed to be Bob Grant if you're a socialist pinko commie pig. If you tow their line of death and destruction and conciliation, well, you're allowed to do it. If you're for, hey, man, follow your vocation. Be a good father. Marry. Have a bunch of kids. Raise them as good Catholics, good Christians. Teach them right from wrong. That's no, no, no. Send them to, no, you send them to our schools. We already have this. This is why I hate this. The American dream. There's no such thing. The American dream has replaced, dare I say, the desire of the of the beatific vision. I don't want the American dream. I want the beatific vision. What's heaven look like? It doesn't look like they say. Not at Aunt Petunia's wedding where she's hanging out at the piano bar with a Muslim having a martini listening to Stardust. Okay, so in the final arc of this essay, she said, all right, well, what are we going to do about this? Here we go. By the way, chat room open, crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Hope someone will go in and make a contribution during this segment. Do you want to hear radio like this? You want us to be have the resources to be able to plot that course and say, well, we've got a backup. How about that shortwave we've been talking about? I need 60 volunteers. I got six. Hey, it's a start. 10% of the way there. 60 volunteers to adopt one hour per month. Somebody went, meet their chart. They're not going to send an application unless you tell them how much it is. No, that's for a private conversation twixt me and them. Send me the email, kingdude at mikechurch.com, and I'll tell you. <clears throat> As we, Because I want the commitment. Because if I tell you the price, well, oh, oh, oh. I, it's the commitment to do it. Kingdude at mikechurch.com. Someone will use my email address for a noble purpose today. I just know it. All right, back to Miss uh, Newhouse. As with communist and modernism, there is nothing inevitable about the match. Most consumers don't know that by being uh, that by using internet. Now, now here's where she goes. Now, now I made a mental note when I was reading this last night and this morning. She knows her audience, Miss Newhouse. She realizes that her audience doesn't know what she has discovered. In much the same way that I know that outside of this radio audience, most people do not know what we have discovered. And it's simply what, how she puts it in these words. We put it in different words, but it's true. As with, here, here you go, here's her explanation. As with communist and modernism, there was nothing inevitable about the match. She's talking about the match of uh, flatness and, um, <clears throat> flatness and frictionlessness. Most consumers don't know that by using internet-based or generated platforms, by buying from Amazon, by staying in an Airbnb, by ordering on Grubhub, by friending people on Pridebook, that they are subscribing to a life of flatness, one that can lead directly into certain politics. But they are. Seduced by convenience, we end up paying for the flattening of our own lives. 
It's not. It is not an accident that progressive ideas spread faster on the Internet. That's a that's a great point. How is it they can get their message out so they know snap fast? And here we are with 1,200 followers on whatever platform. My message, the message of Christendom that I hope that I'm bringing, the message of the gospel, and the message of living in that natural world with supernatural help, it doesn't truck well on the platform they built. It doesn't sell well. Trust me, I've been trying for 13 years. No one's buying I've often wondered why. Well, now, after reading this, I've got, oh, light bulb, Thanos snap. Seduced by convenience, we end up paying for the flattening of our own lives. It's not an accident that progressive ideas spread faster on the Internet. The Internet is a car that runs on flatness. Progressive politics, unlike either conservatism or liberalism, are flatness. Do you understand it? Is that not profound? Your pride book, your Twitter, your Yuba, the whole shebang, the whole wretched thing was built as a superhighway for wokeness, in other words. I'd say it works really well. Minister Chur and I watched Predator last Friday night, and I find myself doing the Bill Duke the black uh, the uh, black actor who plays is it Mac he plays Mac in the movie when he's got Carl Weathers there and he goes he's up in the trees look up <laughs> i just love that McTiernan just did a phenomenal job of, of directing that film okay back to Alana i'm not looking to rewind the clock back to a time before we all had email, as a matter of fact, I'm going to copy this and put it in the chat room because it's so profound. Uh, this is one of these, tattoo it on your forehead, Mr. Lebowski. <laughs> your revolution is over. The woke progressive bastards lost. I'm not okay. This is Alana Newhouse's conclusion. I'm not looking to rewind the clock back to a time before we all had email and cell phones. What I want is to be inspired by the last generation that made a new life world, the post-war American abstract expressionist painters, jazz musicians, and writers and poets who created an alternative American modernism that directly challenged the ascendant communist modernism. A blend of forms and techniques with an emphasis not on the facelessness of mass production, but on individual creativity and excellence. Like them, I, I, let me just stop right there. Uh, I, I can't show you, but Maggie can take a picture of it because people like in pictures. Like our friend, I'll just give you one example, the artist Norman Fauché. There sits that immaculate, unbelievable painting that I love so dearly, Norman just got to donate it to me, bro, of St. Rock. Original on a piece of canvas. He's been here for two years now. I keep telling Norman, hey, Norman, I'm going to auction him off. That guy painted that. That's painted. That's not paint by numbers. That's not tempera paint. <laughs> Any copy. It's not a Chinese person sitting there going, uh, you want me uh, You want me a copy of St. Rock painting? I make a, a 500 copy. Take two weeks. 
It's art. It's actual art. Where's the appreciation of actual art? You see something beautiful. You go into a Catholic church almost anywhere in the old world, and you look at what they built, and you go like, my goodness, how did they do this? They committed generations to doing it. Why? Because they wanted to welcome God into that, ta- into that cathedral and make it the most beautiful place possible. That's why. Like them, our aim should be to take the central, unavoidable, and potentially beneficent parts of the flatness aesthetic, including speed, accessibility, and portability, while discarding the poisonous parts, frictionlessness, surveilled conformism, the allergy to excellence, We should seek out friction and thorniness, hunt for complexity and delight in unpredictability. Our lives should be marked not by comps and metrics and filters and proofs of concept and virality, but by tight circles and improvisation and adventure and lots and lots of creative waste. How many times have you heard, you got to watch this video, King Dude? How many times have I heard? I've been emailed, tweeted, Yubu, Facebook, you name it. You got to watch this video. It went viral. So a video that didn't go viral sucks. Yeah, but that one went viral. This one only got 300 views. So the 300-view video sucks because it has 300 people that watched it. And that one rules the planet because, and all of our existence, because a million and a half people watched it. Okay, got it. Again, the accident of quantity does not describe beauty. We got to get this through our heads. And believe me, I am as drunk with it as anyone else trying to fight it off. But she's right. Virality does not make it right. And I love the part about lots and lots of creative waste. I talked to David Simpson. By the way, uh, Justin, make the True Money show yesterday, the state of the crusade and all that. Make it free. free, free. Anyone who wants to, want to listen to it, let them go to Crusade Channel. They need to hear it. Thank you very much. Uh, David and I talked about this, about the Crusade Channel. Again, my own example because I can tell it to you and I know what the facts are. It took about four years to get most of what we do on a daily basis right. We're still finding our way in certain things. That's creative destruction there. (laughs) We had to destroy. And as I said, unfortunately, people that are raised in modernity, they want it and they want it now. And if you don't give it to them right now, they get pissed off and they leave and they're not your friend anymore. Not a very good metric for a friend, is it? It took creative destruction to build what we have built here. And it's only, again, by the grace of Our Lady and our patroness and by the grace of God and many of you praying and pouring your hearts and souls into this endeavor that it, that it survived and that you supported it when it didn't do what we advertised it to do. And there was no deceit involved. It's just very difficult. But that's part, again, you're not supposed to be able to do this. You're supposed to plug it in, you go to YouTube, and you turn it on. Remember, Maggie, when we first started, everybody wanted an app. I don't want to go to a stinking website. I want an app, church. Stop sending me to your stupid website. I want an app. We were ready to spend 30 
to $40,000 plus heaven knows how many thousands of dollars a, a month or a year for upkeep to have that app built because it doesn't exist. You'd have to build it. We, have, we want an app. And you know why I said no ultimately two years ago? Went, Go to the website. Sorry, guys. It works just as... You know why? Because Apple and Google can yank that app right out from under you and then you're completely screwed and out of business. And don't tell me it can't happen. See the one and only example of... You know where I'm going with this because you know what happened to him. The one and only Alex Jones. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Ah, crap. Gay. Frogs, freaking frogs. It's not funny. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Gay. Frogs. The app could not be the way to go. No, we have the content app. Now, that's not ours. We don't build that. That's a huge company that builds that. We just kind of license it from them. And they put a ver version of, of it. We get to choose the colors and what the screens look like and all that. But it's their infrastructure. It's not mine. So we're pretty good with that one. Because they're not going to kick Wall Street Journal off of either one of the platforms. But she's right about all this is the point. Okay. <clears throat> I want to get back to Atlanta Newhouse here with this awesome essay. Read it, read it, maybe read it again, or share my reading of it. We'll make it free, uh, this part of the program, with a friend. Make it go viral. <laughs> and, not, and Okay, so uh, her last sentence, last paragraph. Uh, our lives should not be marked by, not by comps and metrics and filters and proofs of concept and virality, but by tight circles and improvisation. An adventure. It's the adventure of a new thing, right? And lots and lots of creative waste. And not just to save ourselves, but to save each other. The vast majority of Americans are not ideologues. They are people who wish to live in a free country, and get along with their neighbors while engaging in profitable work. Getting married, marriage, raising families, being entertained, and fulfilling their American right to adventure and self-invention. They are also the consumer base for movies, TV, books, and other cultural products. Every time Americans are given the option to ratify progressive dictates, through their consumer choices, they vote in the opposite direction. When HBO removed Gone, well, I wouldn't say every time, Atlanta, but when HBO removed Gone with the Wind from its on-demand library last year, it became the number one best-selling movie on Amazon. Remember, we aired it here on uh, Friday Night Creature Feature and made it Friday Night Gone with the Wind, drive-in movie. Meanwhile, endless numbers of Hollywood right-think movies and supposed literary masterworks about oppression are dismal failures for studios and publishing houses that would rather sink into debt than face the social justice firing squad on Twitter. I'll give you a great example. If you use Rotten Tomatoes tomatometer to gauge whether or not you're going to watch a movie, you're going to miss a lot of good movies. Those lib uh, flat in, in, in flatness preaching in the tank losers that review most of those movies are social justice warriors out of necessity. 
Which is why they go, it's a, at a good film, they go like 22%. Like Love and Monsters. I know some of you watching went, King Dude, I really don't. Okay, watch it again. Charming little film with a little adventure in it. A couple of great actors, Michael Rooker from The Walking Dead. and uh, What's the name of the character, Justin, he plays in the Avenger, uh, in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, uh, uh, Pratt Pratt's dad with the blue face. With the whistle and the arrow. The guy that... Yondu. Yondu, Yondu. That's Michael Rooker. <laughs> Do we? What, what does he say? I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Yondu. Um, <clears throat> it, 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 he plays a great character in, in, in Love and Monsters. Adventure. There's some adventure in it. And there's a good little coming-of-age story. And, and at the end, the, uh, the nerd kid... Shows everyone else that hey man we don't have to cower in the in the ground. Let's to me the real lesson of it is let's go out into that analog world where there are scary things that might eat us. Well, look at all the cool stuff we get to touch and do and play with, and run away from and what have you. Okay. This disconnect between culturally mandated politics and the actual demonstrated preferences of most Americans has created an, an enormous reserve of unmet needs and a generational opportunity. Build new things. Create great art. Understand and accept that sensory information is the brain's food and that Silicon Valley is systematically starving us of it. Chained in front of a computer screen, leave it. Avoid going entirely tree-blind, staring at a piece of bark when there's a giant forest. I used to use that analogy all the time. Make a friend and don't talk politics with them. Do things that generate love and attention from three people you actually know instead of hundreds you don't. What a great little piece of advice. Do things that generate love and attention from three people you know Instead, you that you actually know, instead of hundreds, or in some people's cases, thousands, they actually don't. Abandon the blighted Ivy League, please. <laughs> I beg of you. Start a publishing house that puts out books that are that anger, surprise, and delight people, and which make them want to read. Be brave enough to make film and TV that appeals to actual audiences and not 14 people on Twitter. We're trying here with the Mike Church Show on the Crusade Channel TV on Roku. Give us a rating on Roku, please. If you have a Roku box in here, I don't watch you on Roku. because I, You could just go to your Roku channel, search for your Roku box, search for Crusade Channel TV and go like, pretend like you like us and just give us a rating. Maybe a good one. There. Up in the tree. Establish a newspaper. Uh, by the by, we pay for the Epoch Times. And we should start getting the actual paper edition here at studio. Why? Because I was a boy. I loved reading newspapers. I still do. I love newspapers. And the Epoch Times got a good editorial staff. It's a good newspaper. And I want them to succeed. 
Go to a house of worship. And then she says, go to a house of worship every week. Give up on our current institutions. They have already given up on you. At the lowest, and then she concludes with this little story about her son. It's a, it's a, again, it's a great essay. Everyone read this and share. <laughs> you know what? Don't just share it. Hey, I got something that needs to go viral. No, we don't want it to go viral. Maybe print it out and hand a copy to someone. Hey, man, read this when you get a chance. At the lowest point with my son, the story began with her son and this illness that we still don't know what it was. It took her three years to figure it out. Uh, at the lowest point with my son, the moment when I was convinced something was deeply wrong and that I would never be able to fix it, my husband found himself on a reporting trip where he encountered the head of an illustrious yeshiva. I had been sending David desperate texts all afternoon. And at one point, his own anguish, anguish became obvious. What's your son's name? The rabbi asked. And David told him it was Elijah. Ah, the prophet of unlikely redemption, he said, smiling. With them, the good news is almost as hard as the bad. Sorry for the bad rabbi impersonation. It took me a while, but I, but I eventually figured out what he meant. Sometimes the task of rebuilding, of accepting what has been broken and making things anew is so daunting that it can almost feel easier to believe it can't be done. And then she spaces two paragraphs with blanks, final sentence, but it can. Again, I do not know Miss Newhouse. I do not know her politics. I do not even know her, her tablet, her publication there. But I know what I just read. Now, that's the third time I've read it. We should be looking for this. She's right. And it's not just that, why, why does she have to be right? It's not just that she's right. It's that her observation of this and her talent and skill as a writer, which I don't have. I can talk it, write it, eh, not so much. Her talent and skill as a writer allows her to put that on, on paper. You know what, Atlanta, you ought to write a book. You, you, take your own advice. You should write a book about this. So, I want to encourage all of you in the post-Trump Era, and I've got some something to, we'll talk about that in the final hour of the program here, uh, encourage you what President Trump was, and he wasn't perfect. All this, you're just a stooge for Trump. Now that he's gone, you're trying to cover your blank. Yeah, right. How many hundred thousand times that I say publicly, well, first of all, in the first year of Trump, I was completely opposed. In the second year, I came around 51% Trump guy. In the last year, graduated to 58% Trump guy. Uh, he got more right than he got wrong. But you know what he was doing with all those MAGA rallies and the things that he was trying to do? He was channeling his understanding of what America was like and what made it great. Great, And his understanding was influenced by the era in which he grew up. He's 76 years old. Do the math. So go 56 years back. So that would take us to uh, 2000. That would take us to 1970 and 6. He grew up in the 60s, just at the dawn. He was becoming an adult at the dawn of the revolution. 
So he grew up as a boy in that America, that post-war America that she was talking about, that had its problems because of the PTSD of the World War II greatest generation. It's not their fault. But it has to be acknowledged that that unmade American family life, that PTSD is still bearing horrible Marxist, violent Marxist, rotten fruit. We still need all of those things. The amazing thing to me is who thinks that you can actually live in a major city like New Teenoch Teetland where you don't grow any food, you don't milk any cows, <laughs> you certainly don't slaughter any, you don't have any eggs, you have nothing to make, you have no grain to grind in a wheat, you have nothing, but somehow you can rely on the rest of the world through online ordering and Amazon truck, trucks to feed four and a half million people on an island? That's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's just dumb. All right. Our call-in line telephone number, I would love to hear from you. No one will call, but you could. 844-527-8723. 844-5-CRUSADE. Email address, kingdude, K-I-N-G-D-U-D-E at MikeChurch.com. If you're on Proton Mail, friend me or... Bookmark me. I am King Dude. I am I A M K I N G D U D E. I am King Dude at protonmail.com. And uh, uh, chat room, crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Uh, I want to do some digital media files, but Maggie O'Connell is uh, on the phone, so we'll, we'll come to those in just a moment here. Let me here. Ruling class Trump doubters still don't get it, and they'll pay a price. <laughs> this is uh, Bob Maestros uh, at uh, IssueInsights.com. Now, he goes through this whole litany of things that, uh, that uh, Trump was blamed for or said that he did. Including the Megan, the famous Megan Kelly, and blood was coming out of her, you know, or uh, out of her, you know. <clears throat> I'm going to skip all that because you already know it. Trump's twenty. He begins with Trump's 2024 dreams destroyed by capital attacks. Say advisors. Trump erases his legacy. Sounds like a Jordan Bloom American conservative magazine headline. Trump erases his legacy. Or is that an actual headline from Rod Dreher? Apostate Catholic. Not Christian guru to follow. After Trump leaves the presidency, he will not be coming back. I think the Trump brand is close to being destroyed. These are the fantasies, not of Mika Brzezinski, Joe Scarbo and OMSNBC and boy, are they in high cotton now. You know what's going to happen to you, dude? Now that you don't have Trump to war against, you and CNN and all of them, you're done. Your usefulness is finished. You served your purpose. Now get the hell out of the way 
for the Manchurian Biden regime. Okay, I'm going to skip all the what you already know. Uh, okay, let's go all the way down to the bottom here. And most tellingly and perhaps accurately, boast, uh, someone boasted, I, or, or Trump supposedly boasted, I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and uh, I wouldn't lose any voters. Didn't Biden actually, or didn't one of the uh, other guys actually say that they, that, that Trump could stand? I don't think Trump ever said that. Didn't, I think someone said that he said that. In any event, it doesn't matter. Author and scholar Angelo Cotavilla once uh, legendarily referred to the ruling class, a political, cultural, and, ec- and economic stratum, which spanned the Democrat Party and Republican establishment and included the commentariat with such a spectacular sorry record in forecasting the Donald's future. And that ruling class still doesn't get it. <laughs> They still, they don't get it. They don't understand. They are still, here's what they don't understand. You, me. Okay. Because the ruling class still hallucinates that it occupies the commanding heights of politics, the culture, and the economy. This correspondent has news for its members. True power in America no longer resides in the puzzle palaces on the Potomac, as Ronald Reagan termed them, Silicon Valley or Wall Street. Current appearances notwithstanding, thanks to Donald Trump, sir and madam, the people once again govern, and he still occupies their hearts. The Rasmussen polling organization claims the Donald's approval rating has actually soared in the wake of the D.C. violence, maybe. But the members of his base still believe correctly this election was stolen from them. And that President Trump was justified in fighting until the end. They don't blame him, as the ruling class was willing, waiting, and wanting to do for the assault on the Capitol. And think the elite's response was overblown, given given its tolerance of leftists continuing burning and looting of entire urban areas. Which, by the way, uh, Mrs. O'Connell, they continued this last night, didn't they? They're still burning Portland. And then when someone went, hey, man, uh, Biden was elected, dude, they went, I don't, we don't care. They actually hit up the uh, Democrat places as well so and they were writing f biden on everything so they're equal opportunity haters yo trump doubters everywhere he says mr matriola wake up maga is more than a man it's a movement Cotavia's country party that stands outside classic republicanism by the by i'm going to say this again the republican party take the dagger and plunge it into it it's dead When people like me and many others are talking to people that look to us for info and they all tell me in unison, I'm never voting again. And if I do, it won't be Republican. 
You have burned the bridge. Congratulations, Brian Kemp, Georgia legislature, Pennsylvania legislature, with all your grandstanding and all your, we're going to get to the bottom of this election, election fraud. You never had the intention to do it, you rats. Let me rephrase that, you rat bastards. You did exactly what you were told to do, like the good little on-the-take, mindless little bot sheeps you are. You were flattened. You stand for absolutely nothing. My own legislator right here in little old Mandeville stands for nothing other than what the party bosses tell him he'll stand for. This is not a politics we can participate in any longer, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. Does that mean that we go communist? No. Does that mean that we're over? No, of course not. This is a grand opportunity. Stop whining about it. This is a silver line. This is a silver mine. Waiting for the miners to go in and drag the silver. Oh, look, we hit some gold while we were in there. Mining is tough work, though. Yeah, King Dude, don't sign me up. Yeah, I, 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 I can't do it. Okay, well, fine. The path to 2024, well, let me, let me finish. Cotevilla's country party stands outside classic republicanism and has risen to protect and promote the neglected interests of Trump's forgotten Americans. This country party won't soon desert him, if ever. The path to 2024 may be blocked by the Democrats' newfound skill in stealing elections, but Trump's leadership of the country party, that's capital C, capital P, country party, will be reclaimed in some very real way in the very near future, especially given that his main opponents are bumbling Joe, charisma-free Kamala, polarizing Pelosi, still mystified Mitch and the GOP establishment and the craven, credibility-compromised media and tech business communities. These and other members of the ruling class who are seizing the ostensible opportunity to bury this noble Caesar, not praise him, as he leaves office, will eventually pay a better price. Eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. What is this? A just in regime leader Biden has put Michael Ellis on administrative leave. He was sworn in on Tuesday as the top lawyer for the National Security Agency. That means he was what? Trump picked him. I think Trump picked that guy. Hiring now invest. He was just sworn in on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure Trump picked him. I'm pretty sure we had the story. Hiring now investigated by the Pentagon's Inspector General. Let's do some digital media files here on these subjects. Now, let me sum up our discourse. So the last, look, uh, it's only a matter of hours before they can Mike Pompeo. So, you know, look, it, it, for Get what's happening in more. I'm just in Mordor. I'm just reporting on this, so that again, when the demons come for us, we'll report to you things like, dude, they they did this. They're going to come to you if you got a kid in a government school. They're coming for this. Uh, that is my POV view. They're the enemy now. I am no longer a citizen under their care, under their jurisdiction. They're the enemy. 
Now, when I say enemy, we well, know they're not the enemy. They're okay. Let me rephrase that. They are a foreign country now. They are a foreign government, just as France's is, just as the UK's is. It's not of our making any longer. I told David Simpson yesterday, and he laughed. But I said, don't laugh. I said, if you really want to get rid, if you really want to start pulling away, you don't have to secede, Mr. Barrett. And those of you, and God love you that are pushing separation, I concur. It's just a matter of how to do it. Here's a suggestion. It only takes one state to do this. State legislature convenes a session and decides the actions of the Biden regime and what they did. And since no correct corrective, especially Texas, Texas ought to go, hey, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, et cetera, Wisconsin, Arizona, are you going to fix the things that are broken with your crooked, rigged criminal election ballot stuffing system or not? And if you're not going to fix them, well, then we're not fielding, we're not having any more federal elections with you because it doesn't matter because yours are rigged. By definition, they're rigged. Why should Texans go out to the polls and vote for a president when they know their votes are going to be undone by, by Stacey Abrams' gang in Georgia and whoever the hell else in Pennsylvania? Texas convene special session, elect a governor that's got a set. She doesn't have a set, but I'd suggest Deborah Medina bring her out of retirement. Elect a governor that, and don't let Glenn Beck within a thousand miles of her. Uh, elect a governor that has a set, convene a special session and agree. We're not sent, we're not having federal elections in 2022. We're not sending the congressmen are there. They're there to negotiate a, 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 a transfer of power. We're not, we're not electing any members of the House of Representatives. It's over. We're not, we're not electing any uh, United States senators. And they're going to go like, you know what, but, 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 they'll, they'll do the courage the cowardly dog on you. So you're seceding. No, we're just not sending any representatives to Mordor. I floated this idea back in 2010. People went like, yeah, that'll never work. You can't do that. It's illegal. I'm like, why is it illegal? You mean to tell me that, do you really believe that the Biden regime would surround the state of Texas with an army? Try it. And say, no, you're going to have, uh, you have to serve the people. Well, we have a government here in Texas that's bigger and better than yours anyway. And that stretch of border with the walls on? Yeah. He built, you idiots built it on our property. Possessions nine-tenths of the law. That's ours. I think Texas is going to go. The hysterical lengths to which they're going to try to keep it out of the legislature tells you everything you need to know. And if the legislature won't declare it, then go to the county board of supervisors. And then go to the legislature and go like, uh, we got like I can't remember how many counties in Texas. There are hundreds of them. Uh, we got like 60% of counties have uh, voted to uh, to leave. If you guys in Austin won't do it, screw you. We're going to do it. Screw you guys. We're going ham. Digital media file. Let's see here. Where do we want to start? Bop, 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 bop. Well, you know what? Since we just talked about it, let's start with, uh, with Jason Whitlock on Tucker Carlson. Uh, by the by, on kick... Outkick, Outkick, has ended its relationship. I, I don't know. 
one guy says they have. The, is Whitlock said? Or what? He's really gone. Okay, so Whitlock says that he's gone from uh, OutKick. Uh, the smartest, best edi- essayist and editorialist, the wisest, and a really good hand with the pen, Jason Whitlock. Uh, remember, he's the guy that went to the White House and interviewed President Trump for OutKick. So even in sports, where you got a black guy, that's not allowed, Jason. Sorry. And then they go, like, we've reached a mutual agreement. Jason's going out to go start his helmet. No, he's not. You jerks kicked him out. We're not saying, hey, we're not stupid. We're not as dumb as you think we are. Hey, you know what's going to happen to you idiots? At OutKick? You know what's going to happen? Who was Clay Travis? Trump. Oh, it wasn't Whitlock? I'm almost positive Whitlock went to the White House. I'm almost certain Whitlock. Whitlock went to the White House and testified before Congress about media relations and minorities. But did he go to the, he went to the White House. I know he did. I saw pictures of him. Oh, I people, he, he went to the White House, but he also testified before Congress. Okay, so he didn't interview Trump, but he met with Trump. Okay. All right. Same thing. What, hey, hey, did he breathe the same air that MAGA Trump breathed? That's the only thing you got to know. Did he? <laughs> They're all confirming in the chat room that he went to the White House. All right. Uh, you can't do that. And he didn't go as an enemy. <laughs> the main thing is he, he went as a friend. Okay. Here's Jason Whitlock last night on Tucker Carlson. Apparently now that he can really speak his his mind. Uh, This is the guy that ought to be on the Crusade channel. All right? This guy right here. Listen to this. And so we're today in his speech about white supremacy and people, Nicole Wallace talking about truth and the the lies that have been told have justified this violence at the Capitol. What about the lies we listened to all summer about the police killing black people randomly and they got everybody wound up in riots and violence all across the country police officers assassinated citizens assassinated no one gets blamed for that but people walk into the capitol unarmed and and this is the this is pearl harbor this is 9-11 all over again and we have to have a war on white supremacy like we had a war on terror they got to cut it out tucker they got to cut I, it out. I, this is dangerous. I agree. I'm worried. And, and it is about power or else they would make the faith based case against racism, which is the one that you and I grew up with in this country. They said, you're not, don't judge other people because what matters is inside. Right. So I, I wonder, you mentioned the BLM movement that really kind of took over a lot of the country funded by our most powerful corporations over the summer. That is a political movement. Put it in context for us. What would you compare that to? Well, I compare Black Lives Matters to the KKK. I, I really do, and some people don't understand it. But if you go back to the 1860s, after the Emancipation Proclamation, the KKK was started, and it was the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. And what's the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party right now? BLM. Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They will come to your home and violate your home, the, try to intimidate the people in your home if they disagree with you politically. 
Black Lives Matter, a Marxist organization. Marxism is hostile towards religion. That's why I'm glad you went there today. These are atheist values being expressed from our leaders, demonizing individual citizens here in America, branding them as white supremacists because they decided, because we disagree with their opinion about something. This is lunacy and it's dangerous. All right. Somebody loan me a couple of hundred large so I can hire that guy for afternoon drive here on the Crusade Channel. Not that he would do it. By the by, uh, someone just sent me a, a link in the chat room. This is October 22nd, 2020. Jason Whitlock's friendly interview with Donald Trump shows our new media ecosystem. Uh, Jason Whitlock conducted a friendly interview with Donald Trump at the White House this week. I knew he went to the, that he, he talked to Trump. I told you. Steel trap memory. Crap goes in and it never leaves, unfortunately. What? What'd you say, Maggie? <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> Whatever. You said something smarmy about birthdays or anniversaries or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, true, I almost forgot my daughter's birthday. Thank heavens I have a alert. <laughs> she told me. Uh, okay. Uh, all right, so the people are calling this, this is a great reset. In two years, our kids that are at the hot dog boil last week and had the chili and hot dogs, are gonna, they're going to get in there. We're going to take the house back from Bloody. You go ahead and do that. I'm not interested. I'm out. I'm serious. I don't care. I, it is The election to the House of Representatives in 2022 is as important as the election to the House of Commons in Britain. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me what you do because a vote isn't a vote anymore and it's irrelevant. Do what you got to do, bro. If you're dumb enough to go off and vote again, you're like, it matters, King D. We can't ever stop voting. It doesn't matter. We can't ever give in to despair. I'm not giving in to despair. I'm dealing with reality. Here's Jeremy Bash, digital media file number two. We're going to have to reset our entire intelligence approach. We're going to have to look at surveilling them. Who's them? Are you in the chat room? That's you. Well, the recriminations are flying, Joe. I mean, you've got the Capitol Police saying they wanted some support, but those were denied by the sergeant-at-arms offices. You've got the National Guard folks saying they offered to support the January 6th events, and the Capitol Police denied it. But I think the reality is, is that what you're seeing, all this activity by the FBI, by law enforcement, to go after and arrest people, that's all great. But that's all right of the boom. And in intelligence, you really want to be left of the boom. You want to be way out ahead of the events. And I think we're going to have to reset our entire uh, intelligence approach to these uh, white supremacist militias, these dangerous uh, ultra-nationalist organizations. I think we're going to have to look about? at a greater surveillance of them. Uh, the FBI is going to have to run confidential sources. We're going to have to penetrate these plots long before they present a violent threat to our democracy if we want to have any hope of uh, stopping these in the future. Oh, here it comes. Violent threat to our democracy. Democracy. That is the mantra. That's the buzz. He wants it, an 
organization of precogs. Right. He wants a bunch of precogs to go around and go like, you look like a white supremacist. What does a white supremacist look like? You? Well, how do I qualify? You got to make Mark great again bumper sticker. And I heard you one day on a Twitter. This is what regimes do. Now, somebody can say, Peter Char played. Why are you telling people that we shouldn't be in league with Mordor anymore? We didn't need to fix it. You can't understand this. And I've met this for 12 years now. I really, really double secret probation mean it now. Again, Bill Duke from The Terminator. In the trees. You can't fix it. <laughs> you can't fix it. It is not reparable. It is not going to respond to your attempt to fix it. Now, let me just take you back to this summer here and give you, I'm going to show you what these people do. And this again proves what uh, Alana Newhouse is writing in that story. They flatten everything. You make every newscaster a syncophatic robot that just repeats what they're saying, same diction, same language, and the exact same cadence. So much so that we can take news anchors from 64 different television stations, stack them one on top of the other. No, di there was no digital processing on this. You don't have to slow it up and speed it down so that it sinks. It sinks itself. This is Christian Rose reporting on your new shopping grocery retailer of first choice overlord. And you people made them this. Amazon. Uh, this is from One American News back in May of this year. The company is keeping its employees safe and healthy. The company is keeping its employees safe and healthy. The company is keeping its employees safe and healthy. The company is keeping its employees safe and healthy. The company is keeping its employees safe and healthy. A major corporate ally of the Democrat Party is found to be planting coronavirus propaganda in the news cycle disguised as a legitimate news story. On Tuesday, oversight group Americans for Tax Fairness found at least 10 local news stations ran a segment scripted by online retail giant Amazon. The story praised Amazon for creating what it calls safe work conditions and arguably exaggerating overall COVID risks just ahead of a shareholders meeting at Amazon. They spent $800 million on increased wages and overtime pay during the pandemic. It has spent $800 million on increased wages and overtime pay during the pandemic. It has spent $800 million on increased wages and overtime pay during the pandemic. The report finds the script and shortlist for that new segment was put together by Amazon spokesperson Todd Walker. But only one out of the 10 news stations acknowledged that. This latest propaganda report by Jeff Bezos Amazon appears to serve several purposes at once. First, the retail giant recently came under scrutiny over deteriorating work conditions amid an increased demand for online delivery due to COVID shutdowns. For the people that's been, uh, the people that's been working out, they honestly just been going home because they don't want to be here. They just don't want to, not no more, but they just, they just don't feel safe. Second, it highlights the importance of online retail and champions Amazon's work during the lockdown. This as Bezos raked in almost $35 billion 
sales over the two-month COVID shutdown, while small businesses and brick-and-mortar retailers faced bankruptcies and closures, and leaving millions of Americans now. out of work. They don't have any food, they don't, they don't have the money to pay the rent, and the owner of Amazon, who looks over here, he's the only one who has a profile in this crisis. He's the only one who has make the profile better in this, in this crisis. In addition, Amazon's new segment is seen as helping Bezos' allies in the Democrat Party reinforce their push to extend COVID-related lockdowns, no matter the economic costs. The Democrat Deep State has recently pushed the narrative of the new normal, saying the world of small business is over and Internet giants will take over for the sake of social distancing. Bam. In this light, some say other news on coronavirus could be corporate propaganda as well paid for by Democrat allies. Having failed in their quest to prove that the United States president was a paid-up agent of a foreign power, the American left is now in their deranged desire to discredit Trump, hoping for a mass coronavirus catastrophe. And while Amazon is fueling coronavirus fears to maximize its profits and assert a monopoly in online retail, it's refused to disclose COVID statistics about its own employees. In this light, the Democrat corporate cabal appear to see COVID-19 as a unique chance to seize control over U.S. politics and economy and as part of their much-desired new normal. Millions of Americans staying at home are relying on Amazon. Millions of Americans staying at home are relying on Amazon. Millions of Americans staying at home are Christian Rose. <laughs> Sir, th uh, you can't see that, but in the video, that's 64 frames laid one on top of another. Millions of Americans staying at home and relying on Amazon. Uh, everything that he reported about back in, what, May of last year. So add, what, uh, seven, eight months now? Add eight months? Mission accomplished. Again, if you're so fat, so slothful, and so lazy that you can't figure out how to shop online without using Amazon, dude, you might as well just surrender. You, you're not part of the problem. You are the problem. The problem.